life. Um, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Jira podcast. I appreciate you being here. I am joined by longtime friend of myself and friend of the cafe, Leon Cerrone. How's it going, Leon? Thank, thank you for having me. I'm very well. Thank you yourself. Oh, hey, can't complain, mate. Um, I'm sure many of you out in the Jira world will, will know who Leon is. Um, and if you can't understand him, that's because he's from Birmingham. But you know, I'm sure we can. Uh, I'm sure we can get beyond that. Uh, Unfortunately, if the, if the whole of this video is shown, maybe we can get somebody <laughs> subtitling in the, uh, yeah, in the corner. That's right, mate. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I know Leon is as a obviously a well-known cyclist around the area. He's taken a bit of a step back recently, and for some crazy reason, decided to do some running. But uh, that, thankfully, that seems to be um, f- finding a balance, and uh, there's been rumours that he's been back on the bike. <laughs> there, I, I have. There is. There is rumours that somebody of my description has been seen <laughs> on two wheels again. <laughs> so yeah, may, maybe I'm finding a balance again. So yeah, it, it's good to be back. Actually, it's nice to actually be turning the wheels again. I, um, I did fall out of love with it for a while for obvious reasons, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying being back on the bike now, which is nice. Yeah, man. Um, well, look, we'll get into it. Leon, uh, thank you for being here. Um, just to sort of set the backdrop of, of, of why, you know, I, I gave you a call yesterday um, just to invite you on this podcast. Obviously, you know, we are in the first week of June 2020 in what's been just the most mental, crazy year uh, <laughs> ever. It just seems to be getting crazier and crazier. Um, but, but more significantly, um, you know, last week there was the uh, murder of a, a black American um, man called George Floyd at the hands of a white police officer. And the events that have rolled on since then have been nothing short of staggering. Um, it has been obviously hugely emotional uh, for a lot of people. Um, but it has given rise to a to a voice and a, a very loud, resonating voice amongst communities all over the world, um, around the you know sort of the, the what's been you know sort of the tagline Black Lives Matter. But it's essentially people standing up from all races saying, "No, this has to stop." And um, you know, obviously, we, we we're seeing you know news outlets and and social media, and it has been just remarkable. And um, but one of the reasons I invited you on, Leon, as we spoke about yesterday, was was you put up a post um, on your Instagram, essentially calling out the cycle industry to say this is a sport that we love, but we as a, as an industry and something that we all participate in. There's room that we need to do more and brands need to be leading the way. And as I read that, I felt I felt challenged. Um, I felt uh-huh. con- convicted by that. Um, not from a standpoint that I feel that we are ignoring, but it's that we're not being proactive about it. Yeah. And and so that was that was really, you know, obviously the starting point of wanting to invite you on this podcast. So firstly, thank you for being here. Um, but I just want to before we get onto the cycling side of things, I just kind of really want to get your your thoughts as to, you know, how the last kind of week has been for you personally. Um, just to kind of maybe put that into a bit of context that led to, you know, that that, that um, the post about the cycling side of things. Um, I, you know, I mean, yeah, I think it's been it's been quite a shock for everyone, the events of the last week. And, and you know, you had the 
Um, the guy out, um, Armad Aubrey, yeah. um, I think, I hope I've pronounced his name yeah. right, um, you know, who was gunned down months ago, but mm. the, the foray for that only started a few weeks ago after the mm. video was released, you know, yes. up until that point, nothing was being done. So it's been a harrowing few weeks, I guess, in, in general, set against the backdrop of the C word, which we won't go into too much because I'm guessing mm. everybody's bored of the C19 word. But, you know, yes. it has been a crazy few weeks and then, and then these kind of events have happened. So it has been... Um, yeah, it's, it's been weird for want of a a, a better word, um, and obviously I was a, a, a affected as a you know a, a male, a black male, and person of colour, and you know my mixed heritage. So and seeing these things happen, um, I'm privileged that I live in the UK and I don't have to worry about you know getting shot in the back while out on a jog and yes. and stuff like that. But you know it does it does resonate so. Um, and then over the last few days, I did get called out quite a bit on, you know, on social media as to what I thought about, um, you know, the cycling industry's silence on stuff, you know, after having working within it, mm. sort of, you know, modelling and doing bits and bobs and mm. helping um, certain brands. And um, so it has, I guess it started to hit home a bit harder once people, you know, really started to, you know, asking me to have a think properly and... Mm. Um, yeah, I was a little disappointed, I guess, which is what I tried to put across in my post, I, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, a lot of the conversation that's been happening, you know, uh, outside of, you know, the, the cycling world around, you know, for what some people might, you know, find uncomfortable about the, the notion of, you know, systematic racism. And these are the, you know, conversations that a lot of people are having, which is, which is, which is really good. Um, and you're right, there has been some, some sort of backlash saying, well, you know, well, I'm not a racist. And it's like, well, yes, you're not, which is great, but that's not the point. The point is that in some circumstances, it doesn't matter whether you have come from a privileged background or not, the colour of your skin shouldn't be a, one of the reasons why you're disadvantaged. And that's the, yeah. the, that's the bit which, which is the conversation and... and, and um, that's certainly something that myself personally, I know that other people I've been speaking to actually really want to understand a bit more and really want to get to the sort of grips with actually what I, I want to, I want to hear from yourself. I want to hear from other people. I really want to glean that because I wouldn't in a million years, you know, consider myself a racist by any, by any means, but you understand that actually I don't fully understand the fact that the, because my skin color is white, that inadvertently gives me some advantage over others. Now, I mean, I'm speaking generally, but this is the conversation that people are having, and it's a really important one. And also, I, you know, I, I work in the cycling industry. You've been involved in the cycling industry in different capacities. You look around it, and it is a very white sport. Um, yeah. That everything, everything that you see from the top down, so from the pro peloton through marketing, through, and this isn't all brands, you know, we are speaking generally. And, you know, geographically, you know, yes, um, you know, we are, I live in Surrey, which is, you know, sort of ha has more of a, a, a white population than others. But I'm not too far from London, which is certainly one of the most multicultural places on the planet. And it is an uncomfortable realisation when you realise, oh, actually, hang on, I am part of something that that is that is not diverse at all. 
I am mm-hmm. part of something. You know, recently, as we discussed on the phone, there's been a, and rightly so, a really big push over the last 10, 15 years to kind of see more women involved, which has been largely successful. You, you look at it and you go, well, that's great and it's working and it's really important, but actually we're still not addressing some of these issues that have far greater impact in our society around, you know, people of color. Um, and I was called out by your post and I did, I did feel personally challenged to say, like, actually, no, there is more that, there is more that I can do. Um, but I just, I just love to kind of get your thoughts a little bit further on it and to kind of, you know, to be a, a you know, a, a black man, to be a person of color within a, a very white, a very white sport. Yeah, I, I mean, people will, I mean, after they listen to this, whether they go back and, and you know, and read my post, I, I think I say that I was, I was probably part of the problem or I didn't do enough. Well, I had more of a voice, you know, within the industry at the time when I was more involved in cycling, you know, I, I did look at it from the inside out instead of from the outside in and, mm. and although I was accepted, you know, and, and embraced, mm. which is great. And, and, and I love cycling and I've met a lot of good friends like yourself and mm. there's hundreds of other names I can, mm. you know, roll off the tongue. There, there wasn't many other people of colour riding, you know, riding bikes. And I, and I kind of lost, that was, must admit, I was naive and that was lost on me, you know, because mm. I was in the bubble and I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't really see, but over the last, taking a step back and, and then the events of the last few weeks, I have kind of, you know, realised that, yeah, maybe there isn't enough being done to, you know, um, you know, to try and get more boys and girls of, of colour to the next level. Mm. Um, you know, a friend of uh, a friend of mine, uh, Charlie Dark, who started Run Them Crew, posted on my, um, you know, uh, on my post on Instagram, and he said, "Black boys and girls ride bikes, but how do we get them past?" you know, wheeling yeah. around the block and yeah. and to the next to the next stage. So I think mm. so that's one of the things I was trying to raise is how mm. can we um and it's probably well it is a a racial thing but it's you know it's also probably comes to do with, you know, a um like a class and a money thing. These yeah, guys probably absolutely. haven't got mm. the money to buy a fancy bike. So mm. it is very elite does become very elitist. Mm. Um and again going back to my post, I said I was lucky that I've you know, I've had a, a decent jobs and I could afford to, mm. you know, buy a bike and get started. Mm. And then I was embraced by the, you know, the scene and stuff. So that was one of the things, the points I was trying to get across. And um, so, so let's um, just to kind of interject there. Um, you know, this is something that you and I have never really sort of spoken about. Um, so how obviously you're from Birmingham. We met when yep. you and you now live in London. Um so how did you, one, come down to London and how did you get into riding? And was that in London or was that in Birmingham? And what was that, what was, how, for you, what was, that, what was that progression? And what do you think, it, you know, were the things that kind of get, got that going? I mean, it, it was quite, it's quite weird for me looking back because I'd always been into cycling and I remember watching the, you know, um, an uncle of mine was quite into, into bikes and I used to watch a Tour de France when it was on Channel 4 as a kid. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd always been into it, but... And there used to be, I don't know what the name of the club was, but when I was working in Birmingham the first time um, and my first fashion job for, for Diesel, I used to see this group of cyclists on road bikes, but mm. they were all, you know, they were all white faces. So I never, ever thought it was for me. I was just like, I'd love to, but... White faces, you know, shaved legs. Yeah, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm all right. Uh, 
so I hadn't really obviously road bikes when I was a kid like we all do but not not a road bike and hadn't got into it and mm. it was only after moving to London and um, a friend of mine was going to do a charity bike ride and he was like oh do you want to kind of do you want to get involved and so I, I went and you know bought a bright red bike on higher purchase and a pro kit and I was like right let's get let's get involved let's go um and unfortunately, the, the charity ride never materialised, but oh, um, through working for folk who I'd got, come down to London to work for, um, I met a, a guy called Rob Saunders, who you mm-hmm. know from, you know, coming down to, to Giro, the cafe and stuff. Yeah, um, and he got me involved and kind of, you know, showed me the ropes and, and I fell in love with bike riding and that, mm. was, that was kind of it. And then um, it just kind of snowballed. I went from, you know, riding around Regent's Park to to riding seven days a week and and falling in love with the, the sport and and mm. then the culture of cycling really that's that's how it all started so and now you're and now you're running around Regent's Park <laughs> and now I'm running around Regent's Park <laughs> I have started riding around Regent's Park again which I'm kind of Excellent. regretting if I'm being honest <laughs> uh, that's funny go come in uh, come in full circle if you excuse the pun um so I mean but, when when you when you um started getting involved in cycling were were you were you aware you know that there weren't a lot of you know kind of you know people of color or was it or, no, or was it just quite, was it just a friendship that you were kind of that you know that you were yeah, so- I, I, even when i first started i didn't really uh, again whether i was just naive or not i didn't really realize or look because i you know i made some great friends and it was you know the camaraderie mm. and you know the laughs and the japes you have on the bike and yeah. riding out there you know and a 100k round trip to go mm. and have a coffee at your yeah. place you know mm. i love that on a saturday morning to yeah, yeah. ride all the way out there to have porridge and a coffee before yeah, yeah, work yeah. you know yeah, and, yeah, and be yeah, back yeah, in yeah. central london and on the shop floor for 11 o'clock and i loved mm. i love that so i didn't like i say i don't think i took a hard enough look mm. around me but i mean you know, that is it, it, but that that is <laughs> That for me is is exactly why you know we started the shop and why we celebrate cycling the way we do. It's b- b- because it it's a leveler, and that's yeah. what's so beautiful about it. It is it it just brings people together, and you know it's great that you didn't notice it. I think that's a good thing. You know, is it because it was yeah. like that wasn't the point. It was like it was just shit. This is great. I'm making some like really you know lifelong friends. I mean, there's guys I've met on the road. As I'm sure you have. You know, riding. Like you're set, you're friends for life, you, and it's and yeah. it's and it's because you share this passion, um, and I suppose maybe the you know the the challenge is, you know, how can we make that experience where it doesn't matter about you know the color of your skin, whatever you know, but offer that same sense of enjoyment, that same sense of community to more people, to more people I from different that's... backgrounds. That's it. I think that's that's the point I was trying to get across in the post was how yeah. can we how can we do that? Because I have had some, you know, great experiences yeah. through cycling and and made some friends that um, that I probably would have never made, mm. you know, if I if I didn't ride the bike. Because we yeah. are on you know different pay scales in jobs and totally different areas, and mm. probably would have not found out we had as much in common off the bike if it wasn't for finding a common interest at first on the bike yeah if that makes any sense yeah yeah Yeah, definitely um and so obviously you know you you then through what was it through rob you started doing some work as a as a model on the bike 
Yeah, well, I think uh, because, uh, you know, Rob had a close affinity and, and knew a lot of the guys at Rafa because he'd kind of been, you know, friends with them and buying it from the start. Because I was riding with him, I think, you know, they saw me on, you know, a few Instagram posts or social media or I don't really know how why they decided to use me, but they asked me to to be in a shoot and that's kind of how my, my relationship with Rafa started was, yeah, one day I got a phone call and they were like, do you want to come and shoot a lookbook for us? And... And that, that, and that was kind of it. I was like, really? I'd only been riding a bike for a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I was shipped off with an up-and-coming pro, an ex-pro, and two other hitters for riders and, like, thrown in the deep end in France and kind of got my ass kicked, but there you go. You know, now we're kind of facing this kind of, you know, unbelievable, you know, crazy time. Um and to put a bit of context, obviously, you know, the, to go back to what we're saying, the, the, the post that you've always been sort of very outspoken about things, which I've always appreciated. And, and I thought, actually, this is a conversation that people need to hear because you did, you know, in your post, you just said, look, you know, as a cycling industry, we need to open up our eyes. We need to have these conversations and we need to look to see what we can do more. Um, you mentioned, which I think is a very positive thing. And I, 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 you know, as I said before, I read it and I was like, yeah, this guy's, this guy's right. You know, we do need to look around. We do need to kind of offer more. And if there's things we're, we're not doing, how can we change it? You mentioned you've had some less than positive feedback on that. Can you, can you, can you share a bit on that? Yeah, I have. I mean, there's only one guy that was kind of willing to, to actually post on my post and say why why do brands why should brands say you know say anything about the matter and why should they get involved and and then I've had a lot of people um I think the young kids say sliding into their DMs um <laughs> to give me uh, you know to give me a lot of grief but you know won't and and my answer was to a lot of them was well if you feel that strongly about it please put it on my post and let yeah. everybody who's commented on the the post have the discussion but I guess if they if they don't want to do that they might know that most people don't agree with them but yeah I did get a lot of uh, I did get a lot of grief for posting um, what I posted kind of asking me why I, I think brands should step up and so I mean yeah. I, I I certainly won't ask you to kind of call anybody out you know sort of individually no way but can you shed a bit of light as to kind of the you know the the basis of what they were saying you know kind of the the background on what they were saying if that makes sense yeah well i mean it's just the kind of comments like well you know it's not up to a brand to to you know put xyz in a shoe or it's mm. not up to a brand to stand up for anybody mm. they don't need to what makes you feel like they should mm. have your back kind of thing was mm. what they were saying and that's that was most of the um you know most of the the kind of grief that I got off people and and what's your stop shut up and whining and you know that kind of and what's your response to that man because this is something you're you're this is something you feel moved by yeah I mean I I I posted it because and you know what I I don't mind I might not ever nobody might speak to me again but I was quite upset that you know Rafa hadn't said anything at that stage. Mm. You know, that's what really pushed me to post. I mean, the cycling industry hadn't said much and you had a few brands that had. Mm. Specialised had put out a post and a few other small, like, and I think Zip had done something. And there was a few that had stepped up to the plate and said mm. something. But for me, after after working so closely with Rafa for so long, since 2013 was the first shoot I yeah. did for them, yeah. late 2013. And... 
And in a way, they have been quite good and they have used, you know, a lot of people of colour, black models and black mm. riders, mm. you know, and, and in their shoots. Mm. I just felt that when they really needed to step up to the plate, you know, and say, you know, we do, this is wrong, mm. they hadn't. And I just, that's what kind of I was a little bit hurt about. And that's what made me, you know, put the post out. And then when you, you do look around on a lot of other brands, um, there isn't many brown faces or black faces, yeah. you know, and I was like, yeah. maybe something does need to be, you know, need to be done. And I was looking at the um, uh, the African cycling teams, the NTT they've changed to. Oh, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. N- that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. NNTT. What, it, used what to used to be, be Quebec Data. Yeah, yeah. Used to be Quebec and mm. used to be Data Dimensions, mm. you know. Mm. Their thing on their um, Instagram and their website is Africa's only pro team. Mm. There's one, yeah. you know. Yeah, sure. person of colour riding in there yeah, yeah, yeah. and as we spoke about yesterday I don't want anybody given a role just because of course but there was when that team first come on there was a whole you know they were champion because there was a lot of black mm. riders on there but mm. now they've seemed to have disappeared and it's mm. you know that's changed and it's like well why has that happened and what can we do to keep those guys riding in the pro peloton and yeah. then other kids will look and go, oh, I want to do that as well. And yeah. I think that is one of the issues, you know, if you haven't Absolutely. got a role model, if you are a young, you know, mm. black boy or black girl and person mm. of colour and stuff, mm. if you haven't got anybody to look up to, you're, mm. you're never going to want to get, you know, get and, involved. And, and I, I think, think that's a thing. And that's, and that's so much of the conversation that we're having right now around that around that kind of almost you know indirect racism if that makes sense where it's like well no people aren't trying to be go out of their way to be racist but the reality is is if we look across a field of faces here we're only seeing one race and and that's that's not the same for all other sports. It's just not. So no. why is it the same as cycling? And and I think there are very, you know, yes, I mean, it is a very inaccessible sport, as in it does cost a lot of money to, you know, get into it. And then once you're in, you've got to spend more money because you love yeah. it and you've got to spend more. And so, of course, there is, you know, that side of the argument as well. But you're right. I mean, look at tennis. You know, there's more people of colour playing tennis now. And that was largely down to the Williams sisters starting things off. Yeah, exactly. And that's always been looked upon as a very elitist sport because you have to go to tennis clubs and you have to pay for a coach. And so I don't see why there isn't a reason why that can't, you know, cycling can't get to that level as well. But it's just how maybe the conversation is now being started and that will, you know, maybe that will will help things um, move on because mm. you know whereas tennis has always been quite an elite sport if you look back at cycling it was it started as a work you know it was a working it was yeah. a working class sport it was miners and bakers yeah. that went and rode the first tour de france they weren't professionals they were yeah, absolutely you know worked down the mines and then baked bread so it's that's that's the thing i guess it, over the years money and it's got has got lost you know there's a lot of sponsorship in it now and mm. Which I get, which I kind of get, you know. In sport, it's all about winning, and yeah, sure. You you pick your best, you pick your best to win. But it's how do we, you know, how do we get more kids, you know, wanting to, you know, be the best mm. that aren't, you know, white and 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 that are people of color. You know, that's the kind of point I was trying to get across. And I mean, you know, truthfully, Leon, you know, I I, I certainly don't expect to kind of have this conversation with you and for you to kind of just give all the answers you know but this is a conversation and you know there are 
that was certainly a challenge to myself here. You know, I feel that we try and do lots for new cyclists and this and that. But actually, you know, like, I mean, obviously it can't just be, can't just be down to us. But I think now that we're having these conversations and now that, you know, certainly for myself personally, I'm on a, I feel I'm, I'm choosing to be, as many other people are, on a bit of a journey to kind of really educate myself around these matters. Yes. With the hope that actually, even though we have a small voice here at Giro, we can do something. And that is, that is important. And I suppose, you know, the, the question is, is what, what can be done? You know what? Yeah. You know what? What is out there? You know what? What? What are there? What? What can Giro do? Do here? You know, um, are, are there things that we can immediately do? Um, are there things that you know brand we can partner with brands too? I mean, what's your kind of like feelings and thoughts on that? You know, man? I mean, I think uh, I think the first thing that can be done is talk about it, which you are doing, which mm. is great, and and that's the other thing I noticed that it was only really the small brands that you know, haven't got massive amounts of money, were actually willing to go, mm. you know, we need to change. A lot mm. of the big boys didn't until they had their hands forced. And, I, and yeah. I think, you know, that's the problem. It's great, you know, that you guys are doing it, but you need these other big brands that mm. have got, a, unfortunately, you know, a bigger voice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, across platforms than you have. And that was, I think that was the thing that I was trying to say as well, is like, mm. yeah. Um, you know, we need we need the big guys to stand up and go. This mm. is this is wrong. But I think mm. the co- having the conversation is the first start. Yeah. Um, I mean, I that's think, a whole other can of worms about what we can you know what we can do because it costs money and you know and, and in does, today's it does day cost and age, money and it costs strategy and and exactly and, and yeah. it requires all of these things. But you're right; it does start a conversation. I suppose, like, it was one of those things like where I I really. There's many things that's obviously great about social media and certainly us here at Giro, you know, we kind of use it as that as our kind of main source of marketing because it's free. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, we're paying for a little bit now, but I mean, it's basically free marketing and it's a really immediate way of connecting with people. But in that creates this in those, as I'm sure you've experienced many times, there can be those moments where you just create a lot of hype. And I, I hate hype. I can't stand it. And people get all excited. They repost stuff. And, and I'm not just talking about this, what we've seen this last week, which I will talk about. But, you know, it could be anything. And everyone gets so excited. And everyone's... And I'm always really cagey to kind of st- step back and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, hang on a minute. This, you can't commit yourself to something when you don't know what it is. And it's just a lot of hype and people are understanding. And, and this week, it was great to see such a, a overwhelmingly positive uh, response from people globally. And we had, you know, people using the Black Lives Matter hashtag. We had people using Blackout Tuesday, which was, you know, kind of all with everyone's best intentions. But I wrestled with whether I should do this personally or, and, you know, and, and, or what Jiro did. I mean, so Jiro didn't do a blackout Tuesday because we just did a post and I wanted those words to remain, but I didn't want, I didn't want to kind of get involved in kind of the hype of something, not to kind of do it a discredit or a disservice because this has to last so much longer than just a post. And that was, and that was why I got on the phone with you or sent you a message. It was like, no, we need to be having conversations in in a real and and structured way of what can we do from here and what is in and just 
I mean, the connection that you and I have, Leon, is cycling. So it's like, okay, in cycling, what is in my hands? What is in our hands here at Jira? We can do something to make sure that one, this conversation continues, two, people get educated. And in our small little sphere of influence, at least we're playing our part for the long run. And that's, and that's yeah. not to disregard any other uh, uh, things that we feel passionate about, like women in cycling or grassroots, any of that. But it's this, this is so important because it goes way beyond just cycling. This is something that in generations to come can have a really big lasting impact. And I don't want it to be a post and then next week we just forget about it, which I'm so worried that so many people will do. Uh, yeah, I'm the same. I think yesterday was great and it you know, shows the support that this movement has you know, worldwide. But I can't remember who, uh, who I saw post something called do a little video and they were like this this can't be another ice bucket challenge no exactly which I thought was a good exactly. was a really good analogy in saying you know there's no point everybody do, doing it because everybody else does or feel like they have to do it yeah. if next week they're not gonna you know and i'm not saying you have to post all the time you know this no. and that and but you know we just it needs to be more than everybody going i'm gonna post yeah you know this square and then next week i'm gonna think i've done my you know, I've done my bit. I and, think we I mean, have to carry on the conversation, I think, or and, else. And truthfully, I mean, you know, people were sharing like, you know, reading lists and stuff, which is great. Like, oh, I went like straight on and I was buying different books. I was, you know, making sure we get in different films because I want to educate myself. Yeah. But I wasn't going on then and posting about the fact that I'd ordered about it. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's that kind of yeah, gratification. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, 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 this is for myself. And Exactly, yeah. And I really want, I really, like, I don't want this just to be... I, truthfully, Leon, this is the first time when it comes to sort of like race and, and the racism issue and systematic racism that we hear so much. This is the first time where it's felt incredibly real and, and relevant to myself because it's always been something over there, if that makes sense. And, and I'm saying that, you know, with knowing that that is a very ignorant thing to say, but it's true. Like it's always been over there and we see these things happening in the States or we see things happening here, but well, not in the UK, like we're sweet, right? And certainly not yeah, in, the, in uh, the world I experience, but it, the reality that's, is, is that's just not true. No, and, and I've had this, the few, well, not the few, a lot of the chats I've had over the last few days, you know, and I've said to people, you know, there is a lot of finger pointing at the US and, and you know, there's a lot where we are light years ahead of the US, I think yeah. here in the UK as a, as a country, but, yes. you know, there's a lot of things that need to change here still and there's a hell of a lot that needs to change, you know. Uh, one of my posts that I put across over the weekend was a poster that was first carried in, I think, 1963. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It's 57 years old, you yeah. know, that poster that I posted that was yeah. carried. Mm. And, and, you know, they're still fighting the same fight in the US yeah. and don't seem to have got very much much further. But no. I think we still need to change things here. There still is a lot. I, I still experience it on a weekly or monthly basis. I mean, the New Balance campaign that I did for them last year for the London Marathon that I was involved in, we was at the Expo for the first day at the Excel Centre and we'd been given all the London Marathon kit um, obviously because we were part of the campaign and they wanted to do some photos and all that, the kind of stuff that they do during the campaign and out of the whole of the expo there was thousands of people in this shop part the security guard accosted me and took me to one side and asked to see my receipt because I was wearing yeah, wow. the kit 
And I kind of laughed. I th- at first, I thought, is this a prank? Is this a, like a, a joke? Because there was literally 20 foot, 30 foot posters of us around the expo of me mm. wearing, you know, the New Balance kit mm. and people carrying shopping bags that could have been full of stuff they'd nicked. He come to me because I was wearing the stuff mm. and asked to see my receipt. Mm. So, I mean, it, it still happens here and I, 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 mean, still, I, I still get what? followed around. You know what can I you say to that, Leon? Like I just, yeah. I just, I was, I, I feel. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but I just feel the need to say I'm so sorry. You know, no, it's I, like I that's yeah, that's awful, uh, and that's I think I think people do think that we are. Um, it's okay here, but it isn't. And like I say, there's a a, a list of things I can go through. You know, mm. I work around the corner from J Crew. I used to go and have a little look in that shop before work, and I. You know, I work in a suit shop, but I wouldn't wear a suit to work. Hmm. The same security guard would follow me around the shop. I went in a few days later in a suit and he said hello to me. He didn't even recognise me, but because I had a suit on, he nodded at me and let me... And that's just, you know, Hmm. same colour skin, but I was Hmm. wearing... I wasn't wearing a hoodie and jeans and trainers. I was wearing a tie and a pair of shoes and a suit, you know? So it just... It's still, yeah... Like I say, I've, and I've said to people, luckily I don't have to worry about getting shot in the back or, mm. you know. And I mean, I think I think maybe I think maybe that's that's where because I mean we're talking about <laughs> very deep rooted preconceptions and misconceptions, and for whatever reason. Well, no, we know the reasons, but, you know, the fact that you've been singled out simply because, you know, you're you're a black man, like, that is, I mean, the sad thing is, is that it's not an uncommon story. And that's the root of what, you know, I feel incredibly challenged about. It's like, well, you hear those stories and it's always been, as I say, it's always been a little bit existential because it's, it hasn't, it, it's never been, it's never happened to me, you know, and it's never, and I'm saying this, you know, fully aware of what, what I'm saying. And you hear these stories and you're like, well, I mean, I would never behave like that. I would never choose to, you know, kind of, you know, judge somebody by the color of their skin. But again, that's not the point. And getting back to what, what we can do within our small community here in cycling, if we can play our part in seeing more people of, of colour involved or, or, or on their way to get involved, then if that helps break down those barriers of race and helps break down those, 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 those vicious preconceptions, then I think we're really on the way to, 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 to something really good there. Does yeah. that make sense? No, definitely. Definitely. And I think... You know, I think we have to try and break this the, the cycle of people going, well, you know, I, I don't really like such and such because of the colour of their skin, but you're OK. <laughs> you know, there is still a lot of that, wow. you know. And again, I'm a, a, a working in retail and I won't mention the shop because I don't want to, you know, get <laughs> you a, a liable case. And anybody that I know that if I, you know, say people to listen to this, they'll know who I'm speaking about. But I've had it before where managers have told me to follow other people of colour around the shop. Yeah, wow. But they've never told me to follow a white person around the shop, you know, or watch him. Mm. You know, and and I'm standing there going, do you know who, like, have you seen, have you looked at me? I'm not, you know, would you be doing the same thing to me if I come in here as a customer? But because you know me, Mm. 
You know, it's that kind of, well, you're all right because I work with you, but yeah. watch him. Yeah. So it, it happens. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I say, we, we've we've got a long way to go across the world. You know, it's not just it's not even just here in America. You know, in mm. the, you look at mainland Europe now and the amount of far right, mm. you know, political parties that are actually getting into, mm. you know, into power. It's well, it's I on mean, the rise everywhere. I mean, I know that you. So, I, I was just about to say, I know that you and I had very strong feelings, similar feelings, and you know, same feelings around the nonsense that was leading up to Brexit. Um. And some of the kind of like the the, the like really nasty things that was coming out, and that kind of surgence of nationalism and 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 all this and this that horrible sort of notion of us and them, which is just disgusting. I mean, and that's and that that's irregardless of race or whatever. But anything that's us and them is just is awful. It is all about just us. Anyway, but we, we, I remember we had this conversation, Lucy, like it's, it was very difficult for, well, it is very difficult for Giro um, and sort of, you know, other brands to kind of um, choose a very political stance on something because you can really, you know, sort of, you, you know, you can face a real backlash. Yeah. But what we're talking about now is not political. And that's exactly. the difference. And, uh, what we're talking about think, now is is about humanity. It is about yeah. just just the just the 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 privilege of being a human. <laughs> and it's crazy we're even saying that, but that is yeah. that is the reality of it. And that's one of the things that a lot of guys did. Um, you know, because it was guys that DM me and mm. they were like, "Why are you making it political?" And I'm like, "Well, you you've." If you've said that already, you've lost sight of what I'm yes. trying to say. This is not political. It's yes. like you say, it's humanity. It's yeah. a it's a race. It's yeah. a, a human thing. It's yeah. not it's not sitting on a side of a fence for Brexit or you know or mm. not Brexit or you know Labour or Conservative. Mm. It's not that. It's about just <laughs> <There's>, treating people <laughs> every there, human being should yeah, be treated. You know, there, it's not. There's no like for and against here there's no like yeah. oh well we'll, we'll, we'll weigh up one side of brexit or the other oh we'll weigh up one side of you know race or the other like that that that's yeah. just not that's not what we're talking about this is if people feel that you know racism is gone um then they're wrong and that's i think that's the thing it's like no no it's not as bad as you think it is well actually for some people it is for some people, it is. And for some people that we know, I mean, Leon, you've shared a couple of your stories, which I'm grateful for, but man, that, that sucks. Like, and that is, that is kind of like, wow, I, I'm almost shocked. But then there's that reality. It's like, actually, that's not shocking because you hear it happen so often. Yeah. And that, and I'm, and it's quite weird for me as well, being of mixed heritage, you know, cause my father's, you know, my father's white Italian and, and I don't feel like I get it half as bad as. Yeah, of course people that are you know that yeah. both parents are you know whether they're like a african or from the west indies you know mm. i don't feel like i get it half half as bad as them and i still get it so i sometimes i still feel a bit weird speaking about it because i'm like well mm. you know do, do you do you even suffer as bad as mm. you know as, as other people and like i say i can as a kid on the way back from school i was handed a nf flyer and told to f off home from by a grown man I, mean, I was on the way just... back from secondary school. I was only, you know, 12 or 13 and he gave me a flyer and told me to take it home to my parents and fuck off home. Sorry I mean, for swearing, but I mean, that's what he said. That and is... I was kind of no, you can swear 13 years you old. I mean, um, that's just, I mean, that's disgusting. And, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and I suppose that's, 
that's the point, isn't it? It's like it's not. This isn't about kind of like a, you know, a, a shock tactic. It's but it's like, no, we need to we need to get uncomfortable with this, and we need to, with a with a with the hope that we can understand that every single one of us, no matter whether it's a position of influence or just in your day to day, we can do something, and we can, and even if it's a case of understanding more and educating ourselves. That's great because what that can lead, who knows? Like where that rabbit hole goes, who knows? Yeah. But but we can't just sit back and let this happen. And I feel, I mean, it has been. Of course, this is set to the backdrop of COVID. But I mean, this the the global conversation that's happening around on this, there will be some real gems that will that will come through. Yeah, and I think I think that's the thing. It's, it is uh, hopefully, like you say, this will this will carry on and it won't be a a flash in the pan because there has been other Black Lives movements in the past because this yeah. is not the first time that, yeah. you know, an African-American has died at the hands of, of a police officer and there's a flash in the pan and, and people go up in uproar and then it sinks down to the surface. And But this is the first time that there really feels like there's a, you know, a groundswell, if that's the right word, of, of a movement. And, and it's been great today to see, I think... Um, uh, I want to get her. It's Lee Rigby, but I think it's Lynn Rigby. I think Lynn Rigby, yeah, amazing. Her post saying, yeah. "Don't use my," you know, my yeah. son wasn't, you know, mm. wasn't about that. So mm. all these far right and alt right or whatever you want to call them, EDL, yeah. whoever, yeah. using this guy's image, saying, "What about him?" She was like, "That wasn't my son, so don't yeah. use his." Yeah. He was against everything you stand for, and that was the same as. Um, when the poor again, I feel really bad because I can't remember his name. But when the the young um, guy was killed uh, a few months ago, stabbed um, in the um, was it London Bridge near London? Bridge? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That, um, the, the guy who was doing the prison reform. Yes, um, that's uh, you know I feel bad because I, yeah. I didn't research, but I didn't think we was going to talk bring <laughs> his name up, so I, I do apologise. But you know his family said don't use you know yeah. again people jumped on the back of it and went yeah. and they were like no he stood against everything you yeah yeah you stood for so well, it has I mean, been really good to see there's been this there's just black lives matter is a very strong statement and it's supposed to be strong and there's been these a lot of let's face it a lot of white people that have responded saying no no all lives matter yeah, and I think I think that's what's frustrated me. I've I've said it a few times as well, and again posted a few things. It's we're not saying only Black Lives Matter. Exactly, all lives do matter. But at the moment, in this point in time, and I saw a few again. You've probably I don't know whether you've seen it, but the good analogy that you know, if my house is on fire, you don't want every house on the street. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you yeah, you yeah, douse yeah. the house that's yeah. on fire first. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the point that, you know, yeah. that people are missing. And, yeah. and a lot of people do say that, well, all lives matter. And mm. of course they do. Um, you know, I'd be fighting if it was, you know, a- a- any other ethnicity that was mm. being, you know, had what was happening to them. So, uh, yeah. Um, and that's, and like I mean, say, you're right. I mean, that's the point. I mean, it's, it's all lives do matter yeah. and they, and they should matter. But that's the whole point. It's not. And for, and, and if, anybody says i don't feel i don't feel significant here then that is the responsibility of everyone else to say of course you do you know and we'll gather around you um and look i mean yes you're right there have been other sort of black lives matter moves in the past and and you know we've you know from my standpoint we've seen them over there and there's been a couple of flare-ups here in london and there's been a lot in the states 
But this is the first time which I feel incredibly excited by that, you know, look, I am a white middle class male. The majority of my friends growing up um, are white. You know, I went to school with all, all, all races, but the majority of the you know, people that I went to school with are white. It's just the reality of it. But this is the first time that I can say pretty much all of my friends are actively posting things on social media or having conversations around this, which I feel is, even if just a proportion of those carry this through and carry this conversation through, then we will be in a much better position than we were before this happened. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it definitely makes sense. And I think, uh, again, some of the things I've said to people, we, we, you know, we really need people to also get to the, you know, over in America especially, because in every facet of... Uh, you know life over there they get to vote for everyone you know the mayor the senator the you know the attorney Mm. the police chief Mm. you know so after everything's you know the flames have died down over there you know they all need to take that energy to the if they want to make a real change Mm. they need to vote these you know backwards thinking people out and then we've got to do the same here you know we've got to vote the guys that don't you know, stand for everybody. You've you've got to vote them out, and um, hopefully that will you know will happen, and people will want to go and mark their crosses on on um, on paper. You know, and that's uh, the other thing I found quite strange. You know, over the last few days is is when people have asked me, well, you know, what is white privilege? What do you mean by white privilege? And I kind of go, well, you have to look at, you know, again pointing out america too much but it is this is where it's you know the yeah, majority this is, this where is the, happening yeah, yeah, this is where it happened. you know three and a half weeks ago i think it was you know you had the majority of them were white people that had flak jackets on mm. ar-17s or ar-13 machine guns strapped to them and marched on a you know a government building to say we want to be able to get our haircuts yeah yeah you know we want our freedom yeah and then you know this the protesters that you know, were protesting the death of George George Floyd. You know, were weren't given. You know, the police officers stood and let those guys mm. protest peacefully yeah. when they were armed to the teeth. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, it, um, it is shocking. And and Trump calls them good people who just want their freedom. You know, that's they're the words he uses. You know, and then you have on the flip side after you have a protest which started peacefully. You know, and it didn't get aggressive until the you know the police were the way they were with with certain parts of protesters and then it flared up across the nation so i guess you have to take a look at things like that and go well there's that's you know white privilege oh i mean yeah i mean it's just words you cannot form the words to just just call out the just sheer ludicrousy of it because even at the time and this is not you know kind of with the foresight of what was going to be happening with george floyd and the aftermath of that but I mean, these people are just idiots. <laughs> I mean, and, and you're right. I mean, when now that you put it in the context of people peacefully protesting, of course, there was a small minority, but, but, yeah. the, but the voices against them were, were stronger. But the yeah. vast majority, 99% of the people were peacefully protesting. And the mi- malicious force against that is whether just looking at those pure facts, the inequality there is and the injustice there is ridiculous because you're talking about people protesting the death of one man and before that you're talking about people that are endangering the lives of hundreds of thousands of people 
Anyway, I mean, yeah. Over a haircut. Yeah, I mean, that's what I've... A few people that have asked me, I've gone, you, you have to sit back and ask yourself a serious question. What would have happened if all those protesters a few weeks ago were people of colour yeah. strapped and armed to the teeth with yeah. weapons that had gone yeah. and stormed that building? How yeah. how peacefully would they have been allowed to stand there and protest about getting a haircut or, you know, I'm, going I mean, to McDonald's or whatever, you know, it's... Sadly, you have to seriously ask yourself those questions, really. I think that's that's where we all need to start. I mean, sadly, history is pretty clear in the what the answer of that is. Um, you know, and again, going back to what we were saying earlier, I mean, it's been amazing and, in, in, you know, kind of where we are, you know, in London to see the response and see the amount of protests that have, have been, which have been largely peaceful, incredibly emotional. And the images that are coming out for that are so powerful. But again, there's just. I just, I, I so desperately hope, and I, I'm saying, and I, I'm, I'm not saying this for words sake, you know, I so desperately hope that it doesn't finish with the, there, you know, that, the, that there has to be some clear route map forward of how, what we can do in our country, of what we can do in our society, and our kind of friendship circles, of what we can do to make sure that this, ceases that this stops that the matter that we're talking around around you know kind of systematic racism comes to an end or at least is on the path where there's you know yeah. it, it starts to fizzle out and the next generation it doesn't exist for them do you know what i mean yeah definitely and i think I've, i'm quite full of hope that it you know on our level you know it, it will i think people will carry on talking about it but mm. this goes back to you know, the big brands, hopefully that they haven't just, you know, they act on what they've said now and they actively go and try and, yeah. you know, make a change. You know, Rafa did come out in the end and make a statement and other cycling brands, you know, Specialised and Zip and all the other th people I've mentioned have, have made a statement and some of the smaller brands already have, um, you know, have made donations to, mm. to certain, you know, charities that are fighting the cause. Mm. But now it is time to don't just put it on your Instagram because you feel like you have to. Let's all try and make a difference. Because yeah. if we all do a little bit, then it, we will get there. Like you say, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, no. I think anybody in their right minds that thinks this is going to change next week, you know, is is crazy. It's going to take it's going to take time because in the states you have to vote those guys out that are, mm. um, you know, systematically racist and, and allowing this to happen. And, and we need to you know, change some certain sections, you know, society's views here as well. You know, it's, we are multicultural over here, but we are still, you know, we still got a lot to, you know, a lot to change. You still see a lot more, um, you know, uh, racist incidents here happening now. It's definitely gone up in my, um, you know, in my, in my years being on the earth, you can, you've seen the uprise in the kind of, you know, fascism even here. So, there's a lot yeah. to do everywhere, so hopefully, you know, things will are moving in the right direction. Well, I hope that cycling can kind of be that, you know, or at least, I mean, you're right, it does start on our level, but I hope that sort of cycling can be a beacon, you know, can kind of, you know, shine shine the light and shine a path forward. Um, because it is, a, and you know, I've, we've been, we've done, I don't know how many podcasts we've done now and spoken to people all over the world. And what I love about it is everybody's just got this love for cycling there's like something that's that's just different from other sports there's this thing that's like oh no it's it's special like it's really special and it is and not only the you know kind of the the romance of being free on a bike and be able to sort of go where you want but the friendships 
and the communities that are formed through it, I think is unlike any other sport. And, yeah. and I do believe that in that there is real hope that whether it's through conversation that leads to action, that real change can happen. And, um, and I hope that cycling can be, can be the, um, the vessel that leads it through, you know. Definitely, definitely. Hopefully uh, this will make people, you know, sit up and, and actively want to, you know, make a change in a, in a small way, I think. Yeah. And if everybody does that, then, you know, we're heading in the, the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, look, Leon, I'll, um, I, won't take up my, I won't take up any more of your time. Um, you know, I, as I said to you on the phone yesterday, this is something that I just thought was really important to, to do and really important to kind of get out. And I thank you for sharing. And I, and I really hope that people who are listening to this understand that this isn't just some token podcast that's kind of just of the time and it's going to go with a tweet. But I, I really, from the bottom of my heart, want this to like resonate and want this to start that journey of, 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 of what we can do to play our part in this bigger, huge, you know, scenario that we're talking about now around, around racism, around uh, white privilege and around Black Lives Matter. Um, so thank you. Well, I really, you know, I appreciate you and, and thank you for, for having the, the balls to, you know, actually do this. Because like we say, a lot, of, a lot of brands and a lot of people don't want to have the chat because they know a certain demographic won't, you know, won't agree and they might lose a few followers or a few customers. But so I, I really appreciate you willing to, you know, put this out there and have a proper chat and anybody else that's listening, if you've done the same thing, you know, as a person of colour, as a, you know, living in the UK, then I, I do really appreciate you having the, you know, the balls to mm. nail your flag to the mast, if that's the right, you know, <laughs> the right kind of terminology to yeah. use. I really appreciate it. Well, and to you, Leon, you know, Thank you. You know, you you've always been, you know, um, somebody, you know, that's kind of quite happy to kind of be outspoken on 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 issues that are important to you. And if it wasn't for you putting out that post, I, I don't you know, um, I'm not sure we'd be having this conversation now because it, it really did speak to me. And and, you know, you are you are a leader amongst men, you know, and I mean that I mean that wholeheartedly, you know, because you speak the truth, you speak from the heart and, uh, you know, as you speak, others listen. Um, so thank, thank you. you, thank you, mate. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for thank your, you. your your stories, mate. Um, and it's good to see you back on the bike, mate. Yes, pleasure, mate. Thank you for having me. And I will get past um, uh, Richmond Park and come for a uh, a coffee and some porridge. Yeah, mate. Uh, hopefully before I uh, before I'm dragged back to work and back off furlough, I will uh, yeah. make the trip south of the river to Bandit Country, as they call it. I think to to Leafy Surrey, darling. To Leafy exactly, Surrey. Exactly. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, look, I mean, hopefully this is the first of many conversations that you and I have. And hopefully, you know, we can, you know, in, in bring other people into this conversation because it's something that I feel that we can continue. And I've, I've never felt kind of so convicted about something before. So, um, mate, until next time. Amazing. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Lee. Take care, mate. Bye-bye.